Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. Partners. I knew you were going to do it. I It worked knew. so well the last time, it just made sense. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I mean, I won't do it next time. I want to start you this never know. over. <laughs> That's Cody. And that is Chris. <laughs> and this is Scene Partners, as you just heard. That's right. So hey, Cody. Chris. <laughs> yeah, what is what were that were you going to ask me? Yeah. What were you going to ask me? I was going to say what what's what's our topic today? Today is mystery topics. Yes. So what we are going to do is I am going to have four questions to ask you and you have never seen these questions before and I just made them up and so I have barely seen these questions and I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Yeah. I, also, I have four questions for you as well, so let's not... But, yeah, well, I mean, I th- I think, you know, we you will need to have your time to really think about these <laughs> questions. So, I, you know, you might, we, may not, we may not make it to mine. This might be a two-parter. You know, maybe, possibly. And if you were listening to those words just then, that was... There's a lot of gibberish. <laughs> All right, so are you starting or am I starting? I'm gonna I'm gonna softball you one because I've actually got five, but I'm gonna softball you oh. one in there to like get the ball rolling. Oh, okay. Because of your loquaciousness, I do um, like softball. Yeah. So, what is right off the bat? What is your best favorite or maybe scariest stage moment you've ever had? My best. Scariest or favorite stage moment I've yeah. ever had. Oh, off the top my of your gosh. head, off the top of my head. The f- oh man, there seems like there's so many. I mean, we kind of talked about the last time about how I got thrown out there as the understudy, and or the last time, however many times ago that yeah. was, where I got thrown out there as the understudy and I had to like you know do this whole role without any rehearsals and do the the, the show. That was absolutely terrifying. Um, my. Oh, funniest I when I was I was doing this show and this is a horrible thing to probably admit <laughs> but I was doing a show and we had it was a kind of a terrible contract like we were not enjoying the company that we were working for and it was just it, there were a lot of issues and so towards the end of it we probably took more of a lackluster approach to what we were doing we always delivered I will say PSA. <laughs> we always delivered a good show. Like no matter what, when the audience showed up, we you know turned it on. But as far as the company went, you know we did not. Yeah, the, the, we were not putting forth as much effort as we should have. But um, so we were kind of um, exploring other ways uh, outside of uh, the show to express our frustrations. We were also in a very small town. With not a lot to do. So we had, let's say, stayed up very late the (laughs) night before chatting and talking about all of the amazing things that have ever happened to us in our lives. And the next day, I had to be there for a fly call at like 10, might have been earlier. I'm not really sure. But I remember 10 o'clock came very early that morning. (laughs) And we had not been asleep very much. And that I was kind of still feeling the effects of the night before, let's say. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, um, we do the fly call. We're about to have our matinee performance. We have gone through this whole show, 
and I walk out there. I'm almost to the end. I'm I'm on my last part for the track where I actually have lines and then I'm not just a part of the chorus. So I've made it through this whole show. I go out there to say a line and somebody asked me the question and the way that I responded, I responded with this weird noise and it took me off guard. Like I wasn't expecting to do it and I heard it and I started laughing and I could not stop. And the other actors were staring at me and my lines turned to gibberish and there was absolutely nothing that was working. I was red in the face. I was crying on stage. Basically the show went to a screaming halt the other actors weren't sure what to do. They were trying to say the lines, but then they also started laughing. And I pretty much just said, I pulled a Chris and was like, I, I've got to go. And <laughs> I, just, and I just walked off stage and collapsed and laughed for another 10 minutes yeah. off stage. And people from the other dressing rooms were running into our dressing room to see if I was okay. Because what they heard over the monitors sounded like I was crying. And so they were thinking that something really bad had happened. Right. And, oh, man, I got in so much trouble over that. The stage manager was coming for me and, and all of those things. That particular production, I had a, a rough a rough go of it as far as people messing with me and breaking on stage. But that was all my fault. I There was no it, – it's a really hard thing to be like, yeah, I broke on stage, and that was kind of bad, and I shouldn't have done that. But that was because of this person that did this. It's a whole other story whenever it's, I broke on stage and it was me laughing at myself, which is <laughs> right? actually the cause of me breaking twice on stage in <laughs> <My> history. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, did, did that, was that the right answer? Yeah. Was that whatever answer, answer you gave? I, I mean, these are mystery the, questions. The first thing that popped into my head was that horrible moment. Oh, man. There, there are photos of me laughing like that on Facebook. For a while, people had it. Uh, I, there was a video of it, but oh, it's just so sad. And I'm in a cloak. It's just great, great photos. Great Can we memories. get like a fat head of that posted up in here? Well, yeah, I'm really red in the face. I mean, maybe it might be. <laughs> it might be good. And I'm on my knees, so it just like it just looks like I'm miserable. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. What's a question you got? For I me? think I've got. Not a single softball question <laughs> written right. on my official envelope. Because the I rest found. of them, I my next four are all going to be deep. Oh, well, I didn't. I think I missed the assignment. No, no, I th I threw I threw a softball <laughs> in to kind of get the ball rolling and get I the think blood I pumping. missed the assignment on that one. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I wrote question number one, Christophanopoulos. If you could change lives. This is really big. Kay. If you could change lives with anyone in history, anyone, not just theater history, anyone in history, but you get to make your own decisions, ah, who would it be and why? Ooh, I have a joke answer, and then I have a real answer, I do believe. Well, I think you could start with the joke answer. I'll start with the joke answer. My yeah. joke answer is... Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> and I would not be a director <laughs> at all. How dare film. you? A film. How dare you? No, no. Come on, man. The soundtrack to The Village is amazing. There is nothing about The Village that is redeemable. The soundtrack is great. No, false. Well. Nothing. Um, yeah, I've watched it. Um, I thought this was about to be one of those things where you're like, you pick... 
like whatever that was the last time you're like oh yeah or la la land was like yeah neither of us have seen it and we're both sharing an opinion on it we're like yeah we haven't actually watched this. no 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 i stand by like my decision to eliminate all m night Shyamalan films from all from all of history uh basic basic film nerd answer Okay, so what is your real question? The, your real the, answer. Sorry. The real answer, you know, it's not. Someone... And I think we should just put like just from right off the bat, Hitler's not an option. You can't say I would be this person and just not like. Oh, hundred percent. No, that's just not a part no, of no, the no. equation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course, yes, we would go back and and right all the wrongs. If 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 I had to pick anyone that I would choose to be. Hmm. Truthfully, I would probably pick Elon Musk, and I don't know how. And I, it's so weird. I know, but it, it's not. <laughs> I don't know that I would change any decisions because I just think that dude is so freaking cool, and I think that everything he's doing is revolutionizing humanity at this moment. And I think that would be really cool to be known as the guy who is the modern day Tony Stark. And I'm changing history, and you're laughing. I, well, no, I'm laughing because I literally just looked up who Elon Musk is. Hoppy, <laughs> <laughs> you were paying attention to me. I was like, I've heard this name so many times, but is that the Tesla guy? Yes, okay, it's the Tesla guy. That's what I was because I hadn't actually read it. The first oh, okay. thing that popped up on my browser was Elon Musk's wife. And yeah. I was like, what? No. And then I, I thought, I think this is the Tesla dude. Yeah, I mean, didn't they just do like some kind of space? Like they're about to do a yeah, space no, no. launch or no, something. No, no, they, like they are. They already have. They've they've done it with with uh, tourists, space tourists, with space tourists. No, 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 not with space tourists. Um, I mean, these guys are actually trained, but they have the space force or whatever they're called, and they looked so Look, freaking thought, cool. And I know it's because I know it's because of Netflix's show about. Oh, Space you know Force. what? It's but actually I not called Space Force. I don't know what it's called. I really, th but they but, looked really but awesome. I have heard like Trump has said Space Force. Like that's no, a no, real that's thing. his thing, and that's why Netflix is oh, making so fun of it. He has okay, so he has Space Force. Yes, not, and uh, Tesla yeah. has his own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elon Musk, not Tesla. Oh, sorry. Nikola Elon Tesla Musk. is very different than Elon Musk. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, to to trade places with him and just be at the cusp of changing humanity in the 21st century would be amazing uh to me and i know that's not very theory x spacex yes and i and looking that up i'm sorry i i just i just looked that up but the spacesuits i now see why you think they're so cool it's yeah. just like some kind of star trek the martian i stuff am going on. a crazy nerd and i just i don't know just that dude speaks to me in such a weird and real way to well, he's so innovative. Oh yeah, that makes that makes sense. I cannot believe that that was your answer. I thought so many things that you were going to say, but that wasn't it. Really? Who'd you think? I mean, how dare you ask me that? I don't. I, that's that's not a mystery question. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mm. If we're playing by the rules, yes, I you're thought right. You were going to say me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess maybe for. My actual real first question. Oh wait, for you. no, 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 no. Okay, but you get to say what kind of what other decisions you would make other than than what Elon Musk has made. So Ooh. you're Elon Musk. You have the power of Elon Musk, but you get to make your own decisions, your own choices. You disrupt the timeline. 
Oh, okay. All right. That's a really good question. If I were to disrupt the timeline, hmm, what would I... Would it would it be to invent lightsabers? <laughs> yeah. Of all the things that you can do, you choose invent lightsabers. You know, truthfully though, the the technology to get to Mars, uh, maybe we aren't there as people yet. Um, and maybe that may be coming, and maybe that's down the pipeline for him. But I think I would try to maybe terraform another planet for when we run out of space and resources here. Oh, terraforming. Yeah. You know, like, you hear so much about that in science fiction, but do people actually, like, is that a real thing, like a real possibility that we could terraform another planet? Like, basically create a second Earth with its own resources. Like, that's what terraforming yeah, means, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like, is I, that possible? I I don't know that it's necessarily possible in our solar system, but whoa, it's it's not impossible. I mean, you, I'm not, I, I you're asking truthfully the wrong yeah, person no, I about know. this. I understand. I'm like jumping on a. That's a. But, that's a really big question, and neither of us are, yeah, incredibly scientific. But I would, I would think that you know, looking at Earth now, and there's eight billion, roughly eight billion people on this planet, and that's a growing number. By well, the yeah, our, I mean, our resources are dwindling. Yeah. You know, we're, we're like depleting our soil so much trying to overproduce food. Yeah, and, and find a way to, you know, I, I was listening to uh, Bill Gates talk about finding a, a better resource for energy. Mm. And, and maybe solar and wind isn't always the answer because of how limited, you know, sunlight and wind so can be. there's only so much yeah. that you can get from it. And, and, and maybe batteries and nuclear aren't the best examples and look at you know the tragedy at Baru. I don't know that any of those are or even Chernobyl I don't I don't mm-hmm. know that any of that is really the answer yeah and maybe it's we like run the, out the of possibility of loss and destruction yeah. is so high with those things they're so volatile possibly another planet is truthfully the answer yeah I I wish I knew enough to have any sort of opinion on yeah. these things but that's <laughs> so far out of my world <laughs> I don't even think I've done a play about science before, yeah. so I don't even have I know nothing th- to draw from. I know that that's like a crazy deep <laughs> answer, but it's just like things that I think about. Like we not maybe not in our generation, but maybe two generations from us, we're gonna run out of resources. I mean, it would be super cool to see. Hey, we have created another Earth. It's what's also interesting is that then the first civilization on that Earth would, or the new terraformed Earth, would eventually become an ancient civilization yeah. like the things that they would put on there would be eventually become relics like the way that we look at you know oh we would civilizations be ancient. and oh we wouldn't yeah yeah i don't even know if they this would have, podcast will be lost to time no it would still it would still hang around <laughs> it would go in what did they what was it the satellite that they put the recordings and stuff in it's not the hub the hubble's satellite what is no, it no 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 it's uh did i say hubble is it huddle Huddle. It's Hubble. Hubble. I was Huddle right. is Man, the house. I was right. Huddle is the house. <laughs> Hub, yeah, the Hubble, the Hubble satellite. Didn't they they put recordings of like people in case that the Earth, like if they, if they reached anyone, yeah, yeah, the yeah. things that they would hear. It's not it's not that, but I think they sent it off into deep space to see. Oh, like and how long? Yeah. Interesting. It's almost like we know just enough about something to talk very little about it. Yep. 
Interesting, interesting. I really thought that you were going to say Sarah Bernhardt. Ooh, do you know who Sarah Bernhardt is? I feel like this is turning into a mystery uh, <laughs> history. Sarah Bernhardt was actually from theater history. Mm-hmm. She would probably be more mine if I was going to answer your yeah. question. Well, you told me that it, it didn't have to pertain to history. It's and if true. I had to choose. It doesn't have to. It could be absolutely anyone. But yeah, Sarah Bernhardt is actually really cool if you just have a moment to look her up and just to find a little bit about her history. She was an actress, uh, a, a French actress, if I'm remembering correctly. And every single night, the biggest story that I remember of her is every single night she would sleep in a coffin to remind herself of her own mortality. Yes. That is her own, like... Yes, I like, know who this it's is. It's a weird, strange yes. claim to fame. But she does have some pretty cool, like... Um, some, some pretty cool stories about her actually acting and performing in different theaters. And I, uh, I know she, like, she went to Russia and some other places and that she was never really accepted in France. But it just... The ridiculousness and amazingness of that story is just hilarious. Like, I'm going to sleep in a coffin to remind myself (laughs) of my own mortality. Sarah Bernhardt. Interesting. I don't even remember what year that was, but like in in the history of our world, but still very, very cool. Yeah. All right. So um, my first actual question. This is scarier than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, minor, not <laughs> just as, not having a clue about what you're gonna say. I mean, normally we don't know what we're gonna say, right? But now I'm just, oh. But um, my re- my real first question for you is: Has there ever been a performance, and whether it's a monologue, a one act, a full play, or even an individual person in a show, has there ever been a performance that inspired you? Ooh. Yes. That's not convincing. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay if not. No, no, no. Yes, of course. I mean, there are so, so many things to pull from as as far as, like, you know, whenever you look at just, I, I feel like there's always a moment in a show, no matter what show it is, where I feel inspired by another performer. Yeah. And... And a lot of the times whenever I find that I find inspiration or I feel driven by the actual text that, you know, this person has created this and has spoken so honestly and truthfully to the human experience, I find a lot of inspiration in that. And especially whenever working in Shakespeare, of course, that's the majority of my work or my education is in Shakespeare. So I find a lot of, uh, of inspiration from that. I mean, you know, when I'm having a bad day, and I'm overwhelmed, which is not the case probably for anyone, and this is a really dorky thing to admit, but if I'm having a bad day and I'm overwhelmed, if I just, this is a glimpse into the life of Cody, if I just sit down, or if if I put on the, like I have this Miles Davis record in blue, and that's just the the blue and the green, and it is amazing, and I just love this album so much, and is one of the most famous jazz albums of all time. So if you listen to jazz, this is, like you know this album, but you i will turn that on and i will read like i'll i'll pick a a weird one like richard the second and i'll just read it and try to look at it from new eyes and it just calms me down it's very interesting but to answer your actual question you knew that i was going to do this this is how you knew yep. that i wasn't going to make all my questions <laughs> but i'm going to stop so to um looking at the actual uh uh question i would say that it is uh when i was in this production of hamlet 
and in a very like serious way. I, I worked with this um, the the actor who was playing Hamlet from the very beginning, like his performance from the table read to closing day was flawless. Mm. I don't know if I could say that about any other Hamlet. I mean, it just, and you know, also just, I, I feel like I learned so much from him as far as a performer and the approach to a show. And even still to this day, when I show up for a table read, I always think about that experience of showing up and, and his, his name is Andy Trzinski. He's actually a phenomenal director and uh, performer. He's in, in New York City, and he's constantly putting out new material, and he actually just got nominated for some awards for a short film festival and some documentary that he did. And um, I, I hope the best for him. I mean, he is truly, truly a great person, and he is also a phenomenal performer. But... His approach to Hamlet is... Doesn't that make you just root for someone do, way I'm like, more? I'm so behind him, 100%. Yeah. And I just... I, I just... I, I When I see his success, I just get so happy because right. I know that he deserves it. I yeah. mean, he truly deserves it. Um, so Andy showed up to this table read, and we were all... We all pulled out our scripts, and we sat down, and there was a lot of people in there. It was the, the full cast and crew, and everybody was in there for the very first day. And, you know, you, it's like first day of school nerves. You got your, your nerves going and everything. And, and Andy sat down, and everybody opened their scripts, and he had been reading his, and he shut his and looked everyone in the eye. And we started the show. Wow. And he performed that play. And I was sitting there... I was a young company member. I was, I was, I, Marsales. I was having a hard time remembering who I even was. Right. I do know in that show, I messed up the famous line. One of the, not like to be or not to be, obviously not that famous well, line, yeah, but yeah. Um, I messed up Marsales has the something is rotten in Denmark line. And I said, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's it smells bad here. <laughs> <laughs> And Andy looked at me as Hamlet, and this is in performance. And he went, "Wow!" And then we just <laughs> ran off because <laughs> he was like, "Are you serious?" Like, "Well, okay, I'm up here playing Hamlet. Poor Marcellus can't get his stuff together." <laughs> oh, it was so sad. But I, yeah, I, that should have been my answer to the first question. Yeah, my most embarrassing stage moment. I do remember the director coming to me afterwards, being like, "That is the line you forgot." Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. That's what you forgot. I was like, I couldn't for the life of me. I right. nothing, nothing was in me. We were like all jazzed up and running from the ghost. No idea. Um, but he just the fact that he was so prepared and so ready for this role, and he had given already so much of himself to it from the very, very beginning. Mm. And he sat down at the at the table and and I, it's like I can see it in slow motion with this epic music behind him. And he shuts his book, and he looks every performer in the eye and learns who they are in the moment. I knew that his performance was going to be on another level, and it was. I mean, it was like he was out to, it was like he was out to prove himself, yeah. which I can understand. I mean, if you're playing Hamlet, I could see everybody's thinking, should you have gotten this part? And so I understand he probably was out to prove himself, but. He also is such a, a a funny and jovial person. It was the first time that I'd ever seen a Hamlet that was approachable, I guess is the word, where Hamlet wasn't just... I mean, he's dealing with these horrible life situations and, 
And it, of course, is very like he's Hamlet's having his little existential crisis and he's like, you know, doom and gloom. But he was able to make it more real in a way because he showed that it wasn't just all so heavy. Like I watched the David Tennant version of it and I'm like, he, he's, you know, I, I get what he's doing and he's brilliant, but I think Andy was better. Yeah. And that, that's crazy. I'm like, how like Andy did such an amazing job. So just watching him and, and working his way through those soliloquies, it was the first time that that role made, like that really that that show made sense to me was watching him do that and thinking like, oh, Hamlet is a real person that's going through this stuff. The situation is out of control and he's just bumping and weaving and doing his thing through this thing and, and, and figuring it out in real time. And it taught me so much about honesty and being okay with having a super dramatic role and still being like, no, people have layers. Yeah. He can still laugh yeah. and be caught by surprise. Because everything in that show is a surprise to Hamlet. He doesn't actually know how it's going to turn out. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he does have to be surprised when he, spoiler alert, stabs the, you know, the rat behind the curtain yeah. and Polonius falls out. I mean, he's got to have a genuine reaction to that. He did just kill his, his girlfriend's dad. <laughs> 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 and like, it's just, it, he did, he delivered. And I know that I've talked about this probably longer than I should, but I, I still like, when I talk about it now, I just feel excited. Yeah. And I'm just, it was such a cool experience. And I feel, I, I, I didn't even like being in that show was great, but being able to see him play that role was even better. Yeah. And the director had put it in such a way that uh, my character and uh, Bernardo, who are the two of the guys in the very beginning, um, the who's there guys and, and that start the show. And then they actually kind of got to follow Hamlet throughout the show. So we really got to stand on stage and just watch him do this experience and just seeing him grow and constantly allowing the show to change, which was another thing of every night, the show had some aspect of it that was different and that was totally okay. It wasn't like a stressful thing. Like, Oh, I'm playing Hamlet. It has to be like this. It has to be like this. It was, I'm still going to joke around with you and, and accept whatever comes at me. Like, yeah. we're still in rehearsal. It always felt like the show was growing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, at the table... That was you... your super long yeah. answer. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm fulfilling the prophecy of... At the at the table read, though, did you feel a little self-conscious when he, like, closed the book? Oh, man. I looked around the room and thought, I'm so glad I'm Marcellus. Yeah. <laughs> Were you, like, reading ahead, like, I'm going to learn these lines before it gets and, to me? Well, yeah. I mean, especially because the bulk of my lines were scene one. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm grossly unprepared. That was my first real... Job, job. Yeah. And oh, that's awesome, though. And I got to see, you know, this happen. In that particular instance, it was, I, I was in the, the pro company. There was like the, what they would call the pro company and then the young company. And yeah. so the professional company put on the show and the young company is almost like an internship in a way, I guess you'd say, or an apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. But you got to, it, it was a great way for, I think, younger actors. I was still in college when I accepted this job, but it was a summer program. Um, at Notre Dame, at Notre Dame Shakespeare Festival. And um, and I learned a lot that year. Yeah. Um, but uh, because we were putting on two shows at the same time, and um, it, it was just very interesting dynamics. But I showed up, oh my gosh, I I, I showed up to the first, my, my first blocking rehearsal. And, 
you know, in school and in theater before that, like community theater, you show up and nobody knows their lines. I mean, yeah. they, like you're blocking the show. I showed up and I, for that scene, because they had sent out a breakdown of what we were going to be doing, everybody knew their stuff. And I was the only person walking around with a script in my hand. And I wanted to die. I mean, just <laughs> looking around the room and... Uh, the, uh, David, who I've talked about before, who yeah. had written Christmas Carol, who luckily didn't judge me on this first experience. He met me where I was, I guess is the yeah. thing. Um, but he was the director, and he's a phenomenal director, but he looks at things more... Um, like, he directs, I guess, more cinematically, the way that he yeah. explains it. Like, he has a very specific picture, because he's he's much like uh, the writer Mary Coyle Chase, if, you, if you've ever heard of her, but she, she wrote the play Harvey. But what she would do is she basically sat down and while she was writing it, she blocked the whole show. She designed the set. She made sure that this is the only way that this can work. She she made sure that you pretty much have to block it this way. She was a, a brilliant writer in the um, late uh, 20s, early 30s, I think is when she wrote that. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, anyway, David's more like that. So he thinks more cinematically and he was giving me all of this great direction in the beginning but I was so locked into my book that I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And I wasn't doing what he wanted. And so he told me three times, and then that was it. And then he gave up on me. <laughs> and so I spent the entire rest of the rehearsal process clawing at the earth trying to stay in it. Yeah. And prove to him that, no, 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 I should be here. Oh, man, that was, if I was like, man, if I just, if I just would have been prepared. That yeah. was, and, and since then, never again. Never again. Never, ever again. And thankfully, I was young, and I was given some grace. Right. And it wasn't just immediately judged as a lazy actor. But man, still to this day, talking about it makes my, my stomach hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Around the room, just like, oh, I'm the Marsalez that didn't know what to say. Oh. Yeah. But hey, Andy, if you're out there, hope you're doing great. All right. Let's see. Another question. Let's Here see. we go. Want your question, a good Five and a half minutes, my question, 45 minutes. <laughs> like, I give a 45-second answer. There you go. Yeah. So question number two for me. Or Kay. for you. For me. From me. Yeah. Are you ready? This is, and I understand, these are two history questions. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, God. And so the first two were kind of similar, but I think I was on a bit of a roll or forgot what I wrote the first time. If you could sit down with any actor in history for a romantic date who would it be and why oh a romantic date i was not anticipating <laughs> that caveat. no this is not this is not dinner with gandhi oh i man. mean it might be if that's your romantic date that might that would be a very cheap romantic yeah. date It'd be like oh you're not eating oh that's fine you're going to eat that i'll i'll finish it <laughs> Um, ooh, any actor in history. For a romantic evening. Hmm, I think if I had to pick, uh, the immediate answer might be Marissa Tomei. Because, I mean, it's Marissa Tomei. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to look her up. I And I know who she is. I just cannot. Well, I, my cousin I Vinny? I oh yeah 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 yeah. I just I never remember people immediately. I yeah. I knew her name, 
Oh yeah, Marissa Tomei, she's awesome. But I think if I, I actually had yet to... again another curveball, would have never thought that you would have said her name. Yeah. Um, what is that movie that she is in that's so amazing with Steve Carell, where she's the teacher? Oh, 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 uh, um, Punch Drunk Love. Is that what that no, is? No, no, that's, that's Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, Crazy Stupid, stupid Love. love. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's like this, almost the same time. I actually really love that movie. Um, it's and so she's good. great in it. But um, if I really had to give a real, real life answer, probably. And this is, of course, not a. Like, just assuming that it's a romantic evening, I am in no way insinuating that it has to be a good-looking human being. That's not what this is about. No, no, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay. Um, probably just because I would love to see and catch her perspective on what it was like to be an actor at that time, especially a female actor, um, Audrey Hepburn. Oh. How do you... Because I would love to pick her brain mostly about... Uh, what what obstacles was she overcoming like then versus now that that many you know female actresses and actors have overcome today uh like what 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 things were holding her back because she was the lead of many films back then yeah and that was a little unheard of as you know males well, especially like her breakout film in my fair lady where she took the role really from julie andrews which yeah I mean, that's a big deal. She, Julie Andrews was playing that on Broadway, if I'm remembering the story correctly. Julie Andrews was playing the, the musical on the stage, and then they, when they adapted it, they booted her out, and it was, seemed like everybody thought it was the obvious thing to bring her in, and they booted her out and put Audrey Hepburn in. I don't know if that was necessarily her breakout performance, but I, it might have been. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that was I don't, at least I don't the beginning. I don't know if maybe that was... If it if it wasn't that, then I guess it would have to be breakfast at Tiffany's. Maybe. Yeah. You see, that's what I would thought you were going to say is that you were going to ask her stuff about Truman Capote. No, 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 no. I, I'm more interested in in what people have to overcome. Right. Like and their like stories the are more important to me. Yeah. And 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 how you know what was it like to maybe share the screen with Gregory Peck in in yeah. Roman Holiday when you know that arguably you have the bigger name maybe. And in he's a lot of respects, more money. yeah. So, so I guess those. Like how do you reconcile that? Yeah, like th th those things to me are much more interesting, and I know that's not very <laughs> romantic necessarily, but no, everybody has their own form of romanticism. I, I don't think romantic necessarily ever means, you know, that that you're physically attracted or attracted to this person in any other way. I mean, I think you can be attracted to somebody's story or their. You know their circumstances or anything like that. Yeah. I think that, and or especially, I mean, every actress, every <laughs> said actress, everybody I've ever dated has been in the theater except for one person, and that is the funniest date story that I've ever had in my <laughs> life, and that was just because. And we're never telling that on this podcast. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about... We've got about 20-some odd minutes we're left. We can talk it. about Rage, short for Rebecca. No, no, we we're don't have time talk to talk about, about that one, for we're sure. Not, we're not going to talk about her. That's a whole podcast. She was, no, that's a different podcast. You cost me 200 bucks for that <laughs> story. <laughs> um, oh, that's true. I forgot about that. So, but um, but I think there are different different ways. I mean, you can be attracted to somebody's talent. or yeah. There's so many other things. Um, so I understand that, that you'd be more interested in their backstory. Yeah. And just like, what was it like to be a superstar 
like crazy famous and of that time. I mean, really of that time. That's what I mean. Yeah. Were, were very different then. Yeah, there weren't very as different. many. There weren't as many. It was still was Audrey Hepburn. Uh, was she still around during the studio system, the studio times when they were the four big studios and they that is basically a good controlled question their lives I don't, that I've I don't never know. dug into that I might after this now. Yeah, I might have to. I'm like, I'm sorry, Doctor Shook. I'm searching my film history and I I'm failing of whenever that ended. But uh, the big four, I think, yeah, is what they were called. But the um, yeah, I don't know. I I would assume so. I mean, she did stuff like Cary Grant was a product of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, probably, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I've never probably looked Catherine at, Hepburn more than her. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, sure. You have these like triumphs, right? Mm. But I'm so much more interested in what you overcome, like what you break past. Almost is is more interesting to me. Well, of course, the struggle is the story. Yeah, like that is what is most interesting is the struggle. So I I can totally get that. So for my next question that I have to ask for you is what, because you've had many hats in the theater, what role in the theater have you found to be the most fulfilling? I really thought this was going to be a question about hats. (laughs) (laughs) You have had many hats. (laughs) You've had many hats. Which hat is your favorite hat? Which hat is your favorite hat? Um, No hat. Uh, Let's see. What is my, what is the most fulfilling role? Yeah. Whether that be director, producer, assistant oh, director, oh, oh. or understand. light coordinate, you know, you know, I I don't think as I don't think that there is a that there is a way that you can beat as far as far as what we do, especially mm-hmm. in producing theater with non professional actors. I don't think that there is a a role that that can be more fulfilling than that of the director. You know, I I, re- I really don't think there. I mean, and I feel like here, you know. Our circumstances is kind of special. So the director also becomes your producer, your scenic designer, your costume designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You basically swallow all of the roles that normally have other people in them. Um, And so a lot of work has to go into that. But also, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about with the struggle. It is the the struggle and the, the uphill battle makes that payoff of finally seeing somebody you know, get the character or show, um, to be able to show that emotive state that they've been trying to get to, but they, they thought they were showing, but they weren't. Mm -hmm. And then for them to key into it and to finally get there and to, to step over that line and for, to see that click in their brains. And it's, it's something, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, but it happens every time where you see somebody on stage and, You've been working with them, and you're going through the rehearsal process, and you're you're trying to to ask the right questions to get them to discover the moment for themselves. Yeah, and that is a hard, hard thing as a director not to just be like, "This is it. This is the moment. Here you go." But I think I have learned. I have I have been able to learn. I've been given the opportunity to learn from some amazing, amazing directors. And the thing that always stuck out to me the most was they always got the actors to arrive at their own conclusions mm-hmm. and let them find it. They never took the easy way out of just being like, this is what they're going through. This is how you do it. This is how you say it. Yeah. It's, I'm going to try to guide you like a roadmap. I'm just going to try to guide you in the right direction, and and we're going to see how you emotionally get there. 
Um, and whenever you're doing that, sometimes you're hitting with some extreme roadblocks just because people <laughs> right. have a lot of walls up. Yeah. And that's very hard to be that vulnerable. And, and to see an actor for the first time just get it and be like, oh, now I understand. Mm -hmm. And then for the role just to literally come alive and yeah. you get to to literally sit out in the audience and to watch somebody do that. Yeah. And to know that in some small way you gave them the opportunity to feel safe and comfortable enough to explore in this environment, in this world that you have given them. I, I just, I don't know if there's anything better, anything better than that. Right. I mean, even if, even if you make it through it, it, because it's not about a praise thing. It's it's honestly just about seeing this. And maybe it's because I was an actor first. Yeah. But being able to see somebody be able to have that experience in a world that was in my brain that then I tried to put on stage and then it worked. Yeah. That's huge. Right. Because I think probably every director out there is is starting a show and then desperately afraid that what I had in my mind is going to fail. Right. And you don't really believe that it hasn't failed until it closes. Right. You're like, oh, okay, I think that worked. <laughs> but there's always something to change. I so I think, yeah, I think director is 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 my my role. Well, I, I will say this. To your credit, the first time that I'd worked with you in that capacity where you were a director was the exonerated. Yeah. And that when it's a heavy show. When we were having those discussions it was the first time I'd ever had a director actually talk to me and approach me in the same way that I approach characters. And I was sitting there thinking, like, I don't, I don't really know how to deal with this because we are, like, getting into the specifics of the character itself. Yeah. And that, to me, like, worked <laughs> Like, so I'm, well. just, I'm just used to people telling me where to go. Right, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> you walk here, you walk here, and yeah. whatever emotional choice you make, yeah, it'll, you know. I mean, it is hard, but, and I will say that people in, in smaller communities, a lot of the times it's just about getting that show up, and, like, I hope it all works, but, and, and you know, for a lot of the times you have people that are that need a lot of help, and then you have people that you're like, well, you know, they're going to be okay. Yeah. And I need to throw my focus onto someone else. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, always perfect and and fulfilling that role with every person, but it is very hard. It's very hard to make sure you're doing that. Right. But, but I think that's also something that that going to like that's a very Chicago thing. Mm -hmm. It's a very like it's it's very much focused on the character and the ensemble. But it was interesting to see uh, uh, just you standing in the back watching uh, all of us. And when I was sitting there doing, you know, my part, I would look out into the audience and, and perform. And then I'd see your Cheshire smile, you know, like <laughs> in the audience, I was like in the background, I was like, look at that dude back there. Well, you just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like your baby, you know, yeah. you get to, you, you raise this kid, this show, you raise this show from nothing, literally just this weird thing in your brain. And then you see it on stage, and not all of it, the entire show, I don't think that an entire show ever all 100% works. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there are moments of the show that will always shine, and it is there's there's just no way to, to feel like, oh, it's like watching, It's it's got to be like watching your, your kid succeed. Right. That's the only thing that I can think of. So uh, yeah, that's my that's my answer. I'm gonna ask you a question now. Okay, off of me. I'm drink, making it through. Your mine. drink is not right there. <laughs> How dare you? 
<laughs> you know that's staying in too. <laughs> I was re- I thought it would. Oh, you're horrible, horrible human being. Okay, question number three, Christophanopoulos. Yes. See what kind of crazy off the wall question you I get ask. to change. I know. I'm sorry. You were really serious with yours, and I am just not that person. We. It's very. <laughs> you get to choose. I'm sorry. You get to change roles with anyone from a past show. Who and why? I need. I need some parameters. Are we talking? Any show that you have ever been in. So I've been in. Okay. Yes. Any show that you have ever been that, in. That's an easy question. And you get to. And that is much ado about nothing. I want to be Dogberry. <laughs> Dogberry is awesome. Dogberry. 100%. He's hilarious. He has the best lines. And I'm, I'm like. And he's listening. in and out. Yeah. And that's like one of the, the, the best things. You just get to like jump in there, say some hilarious things. You're an idiot. The audience loves you. You run away. Yes. Like the way Shakespeare wrote those lines mm-hmm. is incredibly comedic, mm. and I'm 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 watching this other person perform them, and I think like how so I would jealous. perform them, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just jealous the entire time. It's <laughs> like, oh, that's such a good role, and you still had a good part in that too. Well, okay, yeah, I played Claudio, but but the lovers in Shakespeare is always a little yeah. a little boring. If I could be, you know, Dogberry, if I could be, uh, um, I think that. Both of the Shakespeare's that I performed, or I was a lover both times. Yeah, Demetrius. I would love to be part of the Tinkerers. Or I'm sorry, you were licensed. The what? What? What is? Yeah. What is the um? The mechanicals. Mechanicals. Yeah. Oh man. See, I always wanted to be a mechanical, and because I've been in Midsummer Night's Dream five times as Oberon, and I was always Oberon. You're too tall. Which is not fair. It's you like, that oh, deep you're voice. a tall, tall dude with a deep voice. Uh, it sounds like you're you're more in the, the in the realm of exposition. Mm-hmm. Let's cast that guy as the king of the fairies. I'm That's like, what you I are just, in this podcast. I, <laughs> I'm the exposition. Meanwhile, um, yeah, I would love to have, I would have loved to, that shows you how much I was over being Oberon. I would have loved to have been an, <laughs> a lover. Right. The mechanicals, oh, watching them. In this one production I was in, they cast the mechanicals, and they were so brilliant. They cast them as Russians in a band. And oh, there was my God, that's so brilliant. Perfection. And if I ever direct that show, I'm stealing it. Because I can't imagine it any other way. It was, and like, uh, and uh, Bottom was the leader of this, and he was, and they used some music from this actual uh, Russian Russian group called Debosh, and they have this song called Super 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 Good, Nano Malo Super Good, and so they would sing that song every time they would enter, and so at the end of at the end of their their play when they're looking at the at the Duke and they're trying to figure out if they've they've like if they're gonna you know die or not if they're show pleased, which I think people forget sometimes that if they do a bad job on this show. That they can be murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people just really graze over that part of the stakes in the show. But, um, yeah, so they look at the Duke and they're like, well, how did we do? And they look at him he's like, yeah. And he gives them a thumbs up and they went, super good. <laughs> <laughs> and they went, oh, super good. And they all just, it's just, there was no way not to love them because for some reason the language barrier made them more endearing. Yeah. And it was great. It was like they would always go, oh, it's just so good. I will always steal that. Yes, that you know what makes me really sad is hearing your idea. I know 
that if you direct this show, I'm getting cast as a lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now. Because I'm putting myself in that show, and I'm going to be a mechanical How for the first time. How dare you? I, I'm just going to be the, uh, yeah, I'm going to be I'm gonna be the wall. It was right. just so funny seeing you, you ladies who fear the smallest mouse who crawl on floor. Oh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I loved it. I know that's crazy, but that's like the the two that stand out the most to me. If I had to pick like a like a good third, it would be arsenic and old lace. I would love to be Teddy. um no, not Teddy. Uh, uh uh it's the guy who helps the um the assist the doctor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the the creepy dude. Who's that actor that played it in the movie? He's like, oh, the guy that uh, Robin Williams imitates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, like, oh, I don't bring people back from yeah. the dead. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would love to play that role. That is a good part. But it's so small and it would be so simple and easy and These funny. Small parts are my favorite parts. It's like those small roles that you can really make into something. Mm-hmm. And then you just get to relax and let everybody else carry the the yep. weight. <laughs> like you get to have fun. <laughs> yes, you get to just like, you know what? I'm going to go off stage after this and just kind of breathe, get a sip of water. I'm going to come back. You get to mess with people, yeah, and that's it's just a good time. Really, your shtick. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. <laughs> that is true. So, um, the next question I have for you, man, I you like went really light and jokey, and I went I'm so really sorry. Deep. Yeah, I did. Um, the next question I have is, what do you do? Because you do a lot of shows and performances, and you play all the mini roles and hats and different things. What yeah. do you do personally to stay inspired? In theater, oh, yeah, that that is a that is very difficult. Other than just being passionate about it, yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, uh, a lot of what what I think we do comes from the passion that I just have for the art form, mm-hmm. which uh, is a lot. And um, but as far as I, it is just a true love of storytelling. Yeah, and. Being able to, I mean, there are times, my my favorite is when I just get to be one thing, because I think that that means that I get to dedicate so much to just that one thing. But yeah. one of the struggles from being a, a constant or a consistent director, and then you get to be an actor, is that you, I don't think you can ever turn either one of those brains off. Especially then when you're a producer. I think you're always thinking about, oh, well, I would do this this way. Or it's just kind of like when you're talking about watching Dogberry. Yeah. It's the same thing. You're on stage like when you and I were in Godspell the whole time. And I'm totally fine with you leaving this in. <laughs> yeah. But when you and I were in Godspell, we were both actors in it. And the entire time, I just kept thinking, I would do this differently. I would do, and, and I yeah. had to like really work. To turn that side of my brain off, but but to, I'll say this: that that's ins- one of those shows where only because you're taller than me, How where the you? roles were reversed. Yeah, that, that in was... any other play or show, would have would have would have easily been. I would have been Jesus. You would have been Judas. Lord, please, I will never do Godspell again. But if I do, let me be Judas. Yeah, <laughs> Judas was not, a lot of fun. I and do like, not want to. All of those lines were misery to learn. Like, the emotional none of them of Judas started were way better than Jesus. I. <laughs> what, what, what was the yeah? What was the thing that you started every line or now. monologue? Now, now, that was every single line. End of end of like thought. New thought. Jesus now. says now. <laughs> New monologue. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was the the hardest thing I've ever had to memorize in my life. But um to answer your question, staying inspired honestly comes from looking at what it does for our community yeah. and also just watching everybody's shows. I mean, we I I Lexi and I both, I mean, and I know you do too because we normally all three of us go at the same time. But we always try to go see everyone's performances. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like there's such a, a power in seeing what other people are doing. And in not in any sort of competitive way or anything like that of being like, oh, we have to do better than them. Yeah. Just just like I want to see the other things that people are succeeding in. And then I want to like build upon that. I want to like, oh, I want to I want to take these ideas and I want to I want to watch this and be inspired to produce something that is that is up to par to that or even better and and I think that that is one thing that is really awesome in theater and that I hope will eventually happen in our community is that people will 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 kind of come together more and, Mm -hmm. and build each other up to then rise to producing better things yeah and things that I I think that that you know you know not competition. I don't think that competition is ever the right word. I yeah. just think that it is that we can all help each other try to rise to the occasion. Yeah. Because what is most important is the story. Yeah. And watching other people's shows, I feel like seeing other actors and the approach that the director put towards it inspires me to, well, either do something in a very real way to either do something very different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or to do something that builds upon that. Because yeah. we always, like as actors or directors or artists of any kind, you draw from your environment and what you see and what you are experiencing and, and soaking in. One amazing thing for me that has come out of this pandemic is the National Theater in London. And the that is one of those things that we were talking about uh, a couple podcasts ago about the you know, like the things that you succeed in and then the things that you you wanted to do, but you're okay that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Watching the shows at the National Theater in London, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, forget Broadway. I do not care about New York. That was never on my on my radar. But if I could have been in any one of these shows that I've seen them live streaming lately for free, I I would have... I would have been so happy. I that, just like looking at the way that they produce theater. Just, I mean, of course, they're in a very different circumstance. Their theater is funded, yeah, well, by yeah. their government, <laughs> yeah, and so they're not so worried about failing. So they can make huge risks. They can take huge risks. But just the brilliance and the way that they shape their shows and seeing that that is inspiring to me. Watching their Twelfth Night and the way that and and their even their Treasure Island and their Frankenstein, which. I don't like that show. I decided if I don't like it when Benedict Cumberbatch is Frankenstein, I'm not going to like this show ever. It's just, <laughs> right? It should not be produced. Yeah. Read it if you want. Don't produce the show anymore. I mean, I thought that the physicality and there were great things in the show, but I thought that Frankenstein, no, don't do it anymore. Um, but watching all these things and seeing how they collaborate with their set scenic designers and their costumes and their sound designers and all of those things and how they put them together and they're all so cohesive and they move that is inspiring to me and that is what I want to create I want to create an experience that is so collaborative and that that you can see that a lot of different people had their fingers in this mm-hmm. but it all goes together yeah 
My fourth question. Okay. Because now that I've, I went on that talking really fast, getting inspired about the National Theater. And, but if you haven't looked at the National Theater of London online, YouTube them. See, they have a live stream up every single week. They put up a new show. And I'm really sad that you can't go watch their Twelfth Night or their Treasure Island. But their Twelfth Night was, oh, on another level. It was on, yeah. I just, I, that was one of, and I've seen a lot of Twelfth Nights. That was the best. That was the best. And I watched it Oh wow! on that's, YouTube. That's, it was the that's best. saying something, especially saying not being in person to see the performance. It was so smart. It was so smart. Ugh. They have that line in there. This is what the whole thing. I thought it was so brilliant, and then I'm going to move on. I did. Th- you sucked me back in. You uh-huh, horrible yep. devil. Um, they built the set to look like a sundial, and I I don't know if I told you about this, uh-uh. but they built the set to look like a sundial. So it was like a giant triangle, and it would it was it was in this uh, circle. They were doing it um, on a stage that was in a circle, and it wasn't in the round. It was more like a quarter thrust stage. So the audience didn't go all the way around. But um, the the triangles were in the middle. It was two triangles that came together, and it spun around the stage, and it cast a shadow. And as it spun, it would it would create either a ship from the beginning for the shipwreck. It would create apartments. It would create the inside or the outside of the um, of the villa that Olivia lives in. It was brilliant. That's and, awesome. And it all was. Because of that one line that, um, oh my goodness, not Olivia. The, who, oh, I cannot remember her name. That is the pants roll in that one. That's the twin. That who, man, I'm, I know you're looking at me like, why are you saying this out loud? It's going to drive me crazy. I'll I've think of it two, eventually. Two performances but, of Twelfth Night ever. Yeah, I'll think of it eventually. But anyway, so she says, um, she says only. Uh, I, I cannot untangle this. Not like something like that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, time yeah. alone yeah, yeah. will deal with this. Time will deal with this. And they literally have a sundial. They have a clock on stage that's that is just telling you the time is unraveling. That's awesome. And it is coming to flourishion. So it's showing you that yeah, as time is going on, the knot is being un. I want to stop undone. because you said flourishion. How dare you? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back. The time is coming to fruition. <laughs> Don't take a drink. You are the worst. I need you to like edit around <laughs> yourself. And now you have to tell me how to say the word. Fruition. Fru. I fruition. Said, what did I say? Fruition. Fruition. So time is coming to fruition. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, it's just it's unraveling, it's not. And it yeah. is really, really, really awesome. Also, the Malvolio is Casting and it's this famous British actress, but she did so good. Oh yeah. my gosh, uh, it was it was brilliant. The things that they did. Anyway, I I know I've gone on too long. The fourth question for Christophanopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> Your fourth question is: If you had a billboard, this is my favorite question, by the way. <laughs> oh, if you God. had a billboard, if you had a billboard up that advertised you. Chris, what would it be? What would it say, and why? Mm. It would be of that stupid smiling face that I make all the time that make people laugh. 
and and you know the one uh and it would it would probably say i don't know whether to be complimented or offended <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 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 i think that's because i think a lot of times i lean into the joke a thousand percent of the time like it's not yeah. even like a hundred it's like a thousand like i will go for the joke more often than i will go for serious because no matter what serious, or who's around yeah serious emotions are saved for when i'm watching up or i'm on the stage oh okay yeah or when you're asking me your four questions yeah 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 um <laughs> <laughs> i think we learned who the the more interesting interviewer is here uh, yes it's, it's definitely always you, you because it's you have you. like these crazy questions I would have never thought to answer in my life. Well, I had five seconds to think of them. Oh, okay. Um, you put thought into yours. That's very different situation. To be fair, you asked me 30 minutes before. That's I true. I sat down. I did. And then I came over here. I did, yeah. Um, But it, it would obviously read that because I, I say things sometimes and I don't realize exactly how I sound when I'm saying them. Yeah, the effect. And... Like I'm saying the joke, and then some there 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 are, it's like are tones sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's hard. I feel like I'm one it's of those hard people, being the funny guy. Yeah, I'm one of those people who could say something and get away with it. Yeah, more so than anybody else. And, and but sometimes you get used to that. Like you'd be able to like oh yeah, this is how I joke with everyone, and people forgive me for it, and you know it's 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 yeah, accepted I've, and it's loved for that too. Because like you have a very charming personality and people are friends with you because of this yeah and i don't want to make it sound like you're i'm agreeing horrible, with you and i don't know that that's true but i don't know okay. it is and, and i don't want to make it sound like you're some horrible person like i say horrible things to people all the time and they laugh i think that no it's i just do that, no <laughs> you do. do but you you do it in a in a loving way it was very different i mean there's a difference in saying something and meaning it and there's a difference in saying something with a twinkle in your eye yeah and when you say something and you could like show that little spark of whatever and people know like they can intuit it Every once in a while, you will meet that person who is not going to get there. That's true. I have met those people, and then I and you just have to immediately apologize. I don't know how to backtrack because it's like, man, I. If you go forward, you're 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 creating this. Like you so you told me this one time, and and you said you do you realize like you say something, and you know how you sound to someone. And how they're taking it, and you don't know how to stop. You don't know that. how to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm that person. You're talking about that lot. lighting designer. Yes, that's what. Yeah. <laughs> like you continued to like try to build a relationship with him in a charming way. It was, and a he touring, was not it having was a touring it. show, and there was a lighting designer, and we just happened to be there to help, and everybody was stressed. And normally, I can play a role that adds a little bit. Of levity and will break the tension, and it just was not nope. happening. Not that day. I felt like I'd lost all my superpowers that day. I was like, <laughs> I need to crawl in a hole. Now you... I will say, before he left, he was joking with me. Okay, so at least. It but just when you had said that to me, I was like, not the yeah, time. yeah, this is read so the room, like, Cody. No matter what you say, you mean it to be charming, and you just come across as a jerk, and you can't stop yourself. Yeah. Well, you were you when the first joke failed. I couldn't stop. Then you, it was a competition. You then became overcompensating. I was yeah. I was trying. <laughs> I wanted them to know that I wasn't being a jerk. I was like, this was all a joke. I thought we were all on the same team. 
We were not that day. Misery. Yeah, I was all alone. I was batting a thousand that day. Yeah. So for my uh, final question to you is, what is something Cody today would tell the Cody of when he first started acting? (sighs) And whether that be Uh, here in the community or if that that was in college. Um... You know, I, I guess I. W- you know what's what's sad is we just had that conversation, and you said that, and I immediately looked for the joke. <laughs> it's yeah, so sad. I it's feel just, that it's just I immediately looked for it. what's the funny answer first, so that yeah. I can say <laughs> the real answer. I can joke about it and put up that wall, and then when I say the and serious answer, I, say this, I don't feel yeah, as bad. Then yeah, I'm good. Um, I uh, looking at it in a real way, I I think that I would I would tell that that person to to. I don't know. I was going to say go with grace, but to just forgive themselves for the failures. Oh my God. Yes. Because, you know, that was one of the most amazing things that I learned in school was to, to fail. Yeah. Um, Lance Marsh had this really great thing. Who's my, uh, the, the head of the theater program at OCU at Oklahoma city university where I went to school. He always said this thing about running to the edge of the cliff no matter what, he said, you might fly off the edge of the cliff. And I still tell people this all the time. He said, you might fly off the edge of the cliff, but there might be a bridge and you might make it to the other side. But if you don't run, then it's not worth it. Yeah. And the fall is what's where, where you are in the applause. And I think I was so stressed in the beginning about not delivering. Like I wanted the performance to be good, mm-hmm. but for all the wrong reasons. I wanted the performance to be good for the popularity it got me with the cast or who I got to hang out with afterwards if I was looked at as, you know, because I was younger. I was yeah, in yeah, high yeah. school. So I was looked I would looked at it more of like, you know, if this is the first time that I'm able to do something that I'm good at and it gets me friends. Yeah. So I think I would just, you know, really tell that person be okay with the failures and and don't stress about it. Yeah. Like, just accept what's going on and be present. Yeah. Be present. That's that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, I know that's the shortest answer for me as yeah. far as any of the questions that you... <laughs> but no, offered. it's interesting because, I, you know, I thought about this question and then I, I, I started thinking about it myself and... I ran to the metaphor of when I went skydiving that one time. And they say, the thing you're scared of. You went of, skydiving? I love, uh, oh, I would go I didn't even again. know you went skydiving. Yeah. Yep. That means I'm the only person in this building that hasn't been skydiving. You, Lexi's been skydiving. Uh, I can't do it. I can't. I, there's no way. I don't know if I could date someone who hasn't been skydiving. Well, she married one. That. <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the balance. Maybe I find someone who hasn't been skydiving. There you go. Yeah. There you but, go. But the thing they tell you is you're not scared of the fall itself. You know what falling feels like. You're f- you're afraid of the landing. You're afraid of the moment before you oh, jump yeah. out of the plane. That's true. That is the only thing you're scared of. You know what it's like to land. You know what it's like to fall, and you know what it's like to ride in a plane. See, saying that is why I say that you would be a brilliant director. You already have your director, th- your director like speech. It's I have already done. I have a confession to make in that I just ordered a book off of Amazon called uh, "Directing Actors" from Judith Weston. Oh, awesome! And that I am doing this in preparation for 
you what? asking me to well, direct the I- show. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever heard. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yep. But so, you know what? An amazing, beautiful, like metaphor yeah. for for acting because it's true. You'd be terrified off stage, and the minute that you get in there, you say a couple of lines, and you're on the stage, and then you just you're you're good. You're sitting in it. You're, whatever's happening is happening, and you're gonna land. Yeah, and and it's one of those things that, in my experience, being on the stage, and and to answer that question, what I would tell my past self, you're not as bad as you think you are. Oh yeah. Because I've been, you know, creatively frustrated with almost every role I've ever done. Yeah. And I, I think to have that weight lifted off of every role I've ever done would, would alleviate so much pressure that I put on just myself. But I think everyone at some point that's worth, anybody that's worth their salt anyway, that gets, gets frustrated creatively with a role. Yeah. I think if you're not, you, you know, there are some things that people just, just will do yeah and it's like well i just you know i did it it was it came easy it's not that big of a deal i think if you're not creatively frustrated you're not looking at it hard enough yeah the role has to frustrate you there's got to be a roadblock yeah because no matter what it's going to be hard to find a way to identify with 100 percent of what your character is doing yeah so i mean I, i i think that you should give yourself some grace on that one. I don't. I don't ever want. To, and and the same way that you were saying that, it's like. But I. I definitely don't ever want to feel like I'm one phoning it in. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing. And then two to answer what you had said about the the leap and the fall and the jump and all of that is that after those first three words, it's okay. Yeah, you're sailing. Yeah. At that point, you know it. It's muscle memory. You've caught wind. You're good. You're yeah. going down. And that and that that to me is what. I would love to tell people in that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know this. It's basically like, uh, I don't know if you've watched it, but my all-time absolute favorite, and of course it is my absolute favorite show, is this TV show called Slings and Arrows, which is a TV show with Rachel McAdams and uh, a whole bunch of other really brilliant people that takes place in Canada around a Shakespeare festival. Mm-hmm. And there's three seasons of it. And it is brilliance. And it is really like, it's definitely an actor's TV show. Yeah. But it is so good. And in it, in the very first season, they are directing Hamlet. Oddly enough, we were talking about that earlier. But he's he, they're directing Hamlet, and the guy who's playing Hamlet really shouldn't be playing Hamlet. And he's, <laughs> he's freaking out about it. He's stressing out. Have and, you seen that before? Oh, 100, yes. <laughs> I, I've seen it in many, yeah. many forms. Um, but... He's stressing out about it, and the director says, the, the guy who's playing the director says, look, don't stress out about it. The entire play, it's just like four soliloquies. No big deal. Take them off. Just going this soliloquy to this soliloquy to this one. And it's probably more than four soliloquies. Well, I can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah, off the top of my head how many Hamlet has. Maybe I'm, that means that I get my Shakespeare card taken away, but I, I can't remember. It's like, it's like four or five, maybe. Um, so he... It was just this brilliant moment of being like, yeah, you're just going from moment to moment to moment to moment. That's yeah. what it's all about. And just living in that presently. Also, you should watch Slings and Arrows. <laughs> I, I need to. You've, you've talked about this for I, about I can't help five it. years now. I love it so much. I've tried to get Lexi to watch it. She won't watch it with me. She, I mean, she can barely watch anything. She, falls she asleep like falls asleep seconds. immediately, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, that... um. 
brings us to time. What? What? I didn't even have a softball question for you. You didn't. And that's why this works. If you had a board game. No, we're done. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. That was Cody. And that is Chris. And this has been Scene Partners. Scene Partners. Ooh.